When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we have a world premiere exclusive that you won't hear on Coast to Coast AM or any other show for that matter. Since the early 1970s, a channel spirit known as Chung Fu, or some known as Old Chinese, has been influencing millions of lives and has inspired countless teachers. From what we are aware, a gentleman named Marshall Lever is the first person to have made contact with Chung Fu, who described himself as a student of the ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. Apparently, Mr. Lever would give lectures and consultations channeling Chung Fu's teachings and wisdom. Lever had many students. And among them was a passionate young man whose hunger and curiosity for wisdom knew of no boundaries. A man who would go on to revolutionize the world's perceptions about metaphysics. And a man, many who would one day be known as the teacher's teacher. And that man was Stuart Wilde. In addition to Mr. Lever, Chung Fu has been channeled by a woman named Medri Giles. Giles published a book called Under the Plum Tree, which is a compilation of Chung Fu's channeled wisdom. And I highly, highly recommend it. The third and most recent individual we are aware of who has um, currently channeled Chung Fu is a woman named Sally Pullinger. Sally first came in contact with Chung Fu in the 70s and has been working with him ever since. Uh, first off, I want to thank Sally and her daughter Sophie and their entire family so, so much for granting us this first and only media interview with them and Chung Fu. Uh, I can't tell you what a great honor it is. Before we begin tonight's show, let me quickly address what it means to channel uh, because if you're not familiar with this concept, you may be thinking that it has something to do with cable TV, and it doesn't. Channeling is a means of communicating with any consciousness that is not in human form by allowing that consciousness to express itself through the channel or channeler. Apparently, certain spirits selectively pick who they are most comfortable with and utilizing as a communications beacon. It seems to correlate on the, with a similar vibrational frequency of the spirit and the channeler. All right, example. You're somebody who's got a pure heart and you've got a ton of compassion. A spirit with a heavy Christ-like conscious resonance is going to probably communicate through you. Whereas if you're somebody who's loaded with hatred and evil, a like-minded, like-consciousness evil spirit will probably communicate through you or is inclined to communicate through you. I believe that channeling doesn't always have to entail allowing a spirit to completely take over your body and work through you. I believe that a person's thoughts, actions can be bursts of channeling depending on what spirit they're resonating with. 
I learned of who Chung Fu was about two years ago and spoke with him for the very first time in January of 2014 during a one-on-one session. Several psychics and past life readers have related what my previous lifetimes were, and no matter who they were, there's always like these six common lifetimes that come up. Chung Fu, who I call Mr. Fu, immediately brought up these previous six lifetimes and went into intricate details about each one, the lessons that we're learning each one, how they all were all tied together, and what some of the greater evolutionary goals were of my spirit. It was um, it was amazing. There was just nothing I had ever experienced that was anything close to that at all. We spoke for over an hour, and Mr. Fu has a fantastic sense of humor. Mr. Fu doesn't seem to want praise, and he doesn't claim to be higher than you, and he doesn't want you to be subservient to him. Visualize this for a second. You're somebody who's very passionate about comic books, and you have a collection that can fit into one box. Then one day you meet someone who's also passionate about comic books, and you go to their place to see their collection, and their collection is fits in a football stadium. It is the most massive collection of comic books you've ever seen. You stand there, you're shocked, and then this individual says, you see all these comic books which fill up every square foot of this football stadium? Not only are you more than welcome to stay here as long as you wish and read every single one you wish, but all these comic books are yours to have if you truly want them. I feel that the comic books are a symbol for the wisdom that ch- both Chung Fu offers and reveals. And now we will speak with Sally Pullinger, who channels Mr. Chung Fu. Before we begin our program today with Chung Fu, we're going to be speaking with Sally Pullinger, a metaphysical teacher and composer who's been channeling Chung Fu for over 38 years. Sally, welcome to the program. Hi, Ryan. Hey, so happy to have you. Sally, how did you begin to channel Chung Fu? What happened 38 years ago that um, you started what communicating with this being? How did the whole process work? And by the way, before we even talk about the process, who is Chung Fu? Ah, yes. Well, I actually met Chung Fu, objectively speaking, through the previous medium, Marshall Lever, who was in London in the late 70s. And it it was quite an extraordinary thing that I met Marshall Lieber, but at the same time I was developing my mediumship and had been identified as a trans medium. I was training with Ivy Northage at the Spiritualist Association uh, of Great Britain in London, Belgrade Square, and I was going there uh, training, as it happened, and when Marshall Lieber came, I was I was drawn with my my partner at the time, Michael O'Connell, and we went to visit Marshall Lieber. And Chung Fu gave me one of the they were quite short personal readings at the time, and uh, I still have that reading on on a little tape from then. That was the only time I spoke to Chung Fu in that way, other than going to a big gathering he had in a big hall somewhere in uh, Kensington. And that was the only other time I actually experienced uh, Marshall Lieber in that time was in semi-trance on both occasions. But I I can see that I met Chung Fu objectively there. Uh, However, I believe that Chung Fu came to me on the inside uh, at a soul level uh, when I lost my husband who suicided when I was 22 years old. And it was during my healing process which eventually led me to the Spiritualist Association 
that I absolutely believe Chong Fu was guiding that process and healing me from within. So I often say that Chung Fu picked me up in my grief and cradled me and looked after me, and he has really continued to do that through my life. So I, I feel very, very beholden to him and very loved. It's, it's really a big love relationship that I have with Chung Fu. And uh, I didn't really know Marshall Lever personally, you know, I'd love to know him, but I didn't. And we didn't know my partner, Michael O'Connell, was the one who was very intensely uh, bringing Chung Fu in at that time for, hey, for several just, years. I want to stop you there for one second. In terms of who is Chung Fu, is, are we saying is Chung Fu a spirit? Um, who is Chung Fu? Like what period of time is Chung Fu coming to? And um, how would you describe it? Is, it, is Chung Fu a, a human being? that is no longer with us, that kind of what visits, who's a kind of presence that kind of comes back and helps humanity? Like, who is Chung Fu? That is correct. Chung Fu is from the White Brotherhood of Ascended Souls. Okay. Chung Fu has not incarnated for over 1,000 years, probably more like about 1,500 years. And Chung Fu was part of the great um, Hong Dynasty a long time ago. He he was uh, an advisor to several emperors, he describes those lifetimes quite often, where he has been um, advisors to emperors in in those ancient times. So I know a little about that, but to be honest, not a lot because my work's so of the present. And he, well, how he describes himself, he says, "I have taken an astral incarnation with a an aspect of my being." So we know, and we also know through experience, that, there, that, that, that the energy of Chung Fu um, can expand itself into many dimensions, and we have experience with all our students that he will be with all the students in different places and times and intensities and depths at the same time and you know, actually have experienced that, and people can bring forward their experiences of the communications that have been then verified later and so on. So, yes, Chung Fu is an ascended being who comes and he has a big plan. He has a big purpose in his teaching, and his teaching is very much of the now to bring people back into connection with their souls, to bring humanity back into a presence of awareness and harmony uh, with each other and with the earth and with all of the universe, and he brings us into connection uh, as well at this time with star beings, extraterrestrial beings who are now entering the Earth sphere. Okay, what would you say would be a? Um, you said Chung Fu is communicating through to humanity through a number of different ways. How would one know if if Chung Fu is uh, if the communication? If somebody says that I'm working or working with Chung Fu. How do people know for sure that communication is authentic and they know that that's the real Chung Fu coming through? Very good and very astute question of yours because I have a lot of students. And just once or twice people have said, you know, um, I'm channeling Chung Fu and, all, all I've, and they've been, say, somewhere else and, and made these claims. And I, I personally have one very simple way of dealing with that to know whether that's correct. I ask Chung Fu, I ask them to ask Chung Fu and, and work with him directly on that, and very often in those cases he will he, he will affirm that he is in connection with that person. I haven't yet met another person channeling him directly 
that I have experienced, but that's different to whether he's speaking to somebody or not. How do you tell? There's been quite a an incidence of people seeing a blue orb floating about, uh, a blue energy, a blue light. Uh, but certainly how I would identify it would be by the feeling and by sitting with that person and by feeling that flow that you talk about that just pours through in his presence. Okay, and there are other books that have been written about other uh, channeled beings that have come through. One of the more famous ones is uh, the Jerry and Esther Hicks. Abraham yes. Hicks comes through. Uh, quick question. Do Chunk Fu and Abraham Hicks, do they get along well? Do they hang out? Uh, are they from the same kind of energy pattern, energy reading, teachings? So, like, what are, uh, how do they compare? I would say they're pretty allied and aligned. I would okay. say that these beings are from another dimension. You know, they have a different language. They're aiming at a different audience. Chung Fu uses a lot of um, of language that is really calling to the, the very creative imagination. Those really I, I get that feeling that he's drawing around himself. Yes, very creative, artistic, poetic, and people who, who love to work with the with the serendipitous I'm going to use the word divine energies the 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 great mother the great father the the awesomeness of the potential of of the human soul I think that Abraham is targeting brilliantly just just you know through a language that has no real um mm, it, it the language is very of the people it doesn't you don't have to go there to kind of work on your soul or go into deep process. You know, they're targeting a different kind of working with the positive mind, you know, bringing people to that place. The truth is that at a certain point, I mean, that place of positive, positive positivity and affirmation and, and personal power, the truth is that for most of us, in order to get there, we do need some process. We do need to know how to deal with wounding, how to deal with past stuff, karmic events, and how to clear. And Chung Fu is bringing in through me and through us, through my daughter, through my son and, and the teachers here, a really amazing uh, set of tools, soul tools, to go in uh, and to process, to get really in control of, of each one of their own process and then claim that process and be able to work it in all situations. Okay, now, That's slightly different than what Abraham does, but very allied, very allied, yeah. Um, now, when Chung Fu decided that uh, he wanted to work with humanity, was this something that Chung Fu had, was this idea something that he had in mind when he was in a physical body, when he was a human being, or was this something that came into inspiration when he had passed, when he had gone to the astral plane, also, in regards to that question, is he on the next phase of evolution beyond the Earth plane? Like, is he communicating through us through, like, say, for example, correct me if I'm wrong, but the fourth dimension? If we are in the third dimension, is he communicating through us to the next phase of evolution, or is he maybe four or five other cycles of evolution ahead, and he's coming back to us? Interesting. I would say yes to both of those. Okay. You can understand me. Yeah. I believe. That's the way he describes it. He says, I have taken an astral body. And he also says sometimes and, and explains to us that he is in 
in other dimensions as well. And the beings he brings in, and, you know, if you like, his mates, you know, who can be Archangel Ma uh, Michael, who can be um, White Eagle, who could be Mary Magdalene, who can be character beings who, who, who've come into the world through other mediums, but he seems to be able to access them. He's, he, he describes himself as my gatekeeper, but he brings all kinds of beings through and you know we do these audiences every month and over the last six years they've been a, a special uh, community spiritual community event which we, we we run here in Glastonbury and the number of beings from different dimensions that he's brought in you know so I can see that he he comes very close he comes right into the astral he comes right personally in I mean he has personal relationships with his students but then he also goes into a very magnified place and stands as a huge portal holder for beings coming from all kinds of dimensions, all different dimensions, i.e. right through to the angelic and deity dimensions, which are uh, much higher evolutionary level, yes. Well, in terms of Chung Fu, it seems that he has a lot of buddies, like he this chunk food gets along with everyone. Is there is there a uh, method? Do you think that why he's so popular? He seems to be like the guy that uh, that organizes the party in the in the nether realm, and he gets everyone going, and he he's very likable. Is there any reason why you think that him of all the channeled beings out there is uh, gets along with everyone the most? I think he's very humble. Okay. I mean, I've never heard chunk food be anything but incredibly humble, incredibly loving, very. Uh, yeah, just just the love that comes from from this being. I mean, I I can only answer like that. I believe it is because what Chung Fu, what Chung Fu's plan is. I mean, he's very aligned to the Christ energy. He's very aligned to the divine feminine. He's very aligned to Mother Nature. He seems to be in the language he uses is so all-inclusive. I mean, I can't imagine anybody taking offense with Chung Fu. So I guess he must have been a diplomat. If one were to become one of Chung Fu's students, what does that individual have to do, and how does that individual work to get a steady stream of communication with Chung Fu? Well, it's a good question. I mean, on a very practical level, we live in Glastonbury, Somerset, England, and you would have to be able to travel here at the moment. And it's a very physical you know, a space we hold, and we, we hold that regularly more than, you know, sometimes four times a week groups come. We have a large number of students. But we are, as you know, about to widen that circle. We are creating a website. We, we You know, it, I experience Chung Fu at the moment in my downtime when he's finished dealing with loads of people in my physical that I, I, I'm... I'm I'm seeing through Chung Fu's eyes the world. I'm seeing, oh, right, you know, I, I don't know what he's up to, but there's this kind of radiant energy, and in some way he is going to become available uh, for people to, to come on board in that, in, in, in that wonderful way that the Internet allows. What do people have to do? They have to, it, it's hard, you know, Chung Fu, Chung Fu's reflections to people, are not easy to take, you know. It is truth, inner truth. It's like, you know, your breath smells. I mean, you know, <laughs> sorry, but it smells. I can smell it, and uh, and it's it's that kind of, 
but he does it so he does it so well. You you come out of there thinking, did he did he say my breath smells? You know, and you you almost can't believe that he managed to get that truth into you while still remaining your friend. So he does he he gains an incredible degree of of trust from people. He doesn't just charge in with that with that mirror, but he 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 teaches people how to speak truth, how to get into their truth, uh, how to trust their truth. Because you know, we live in this amazing culture, don't we, of masks and pretense and people smiling when they're incredibly angry uh and so on. So um, yeah, the, the classes with Chung Fu are are demanding of of of, of, a, of a real rigorous soul process. People, if they don't do what we call their practice, if they don't go home and do them their, their meditative journeys and their you know their opening of their centers, their their reaching into their soul depths and their their heartfelt allowing of their heart's expansion into love and dealing with all their pain in a, in a, in, a, in a way of ownership and just 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 really coming into their uh, into their being and into possession of themselves if they don't do that it doesn't work and and pretty soon it's like maybe maybe this isn't for you so it's very very demanding and we do try to sort of <laughs> we try to after all the years we've been doing this level of intense work now for 11 years and uh we try to put a filter in to see who's going to be able to take the chung fu medicine because it's strong what would you say is a comparable difference between somebody who really works upon themselves and develops that communication with Chung Fu in comparison to somebody who really works upon themselves and develops a relationship with their own higher self? Like, What stream of communication will you be receiving from Chung Fu that would be different than what a person would be receiving from their higher self? Not much difference, Ryan. Uh, in my in my particular understanding, the, the the aim of Chung Fu is to get each person in connection with the higher self, in connection with their soul, which are you know in in, in Chung Fu's description, in Chung Fu's understand understanding that he's brought to me, is that basically the higher self is that part that is connected to the cent to the center to the to the central heart, the divine creator within. The soul is something individual for each life. There is a soul created from that higher self. And so uh, the higher self is is carrying the divine light of the being, the incredible, um, you know, that which is the divine, really. You know, we say God, we say goddess, but that is basically through higher self. Th that's, that's what it is. And so by connecting with higher self... Uh, which for Chung Fu means, first of all, connect with your lower self. You're not going to get in connection with your higher self if you try and pretend you haven't got a lower self. If you don't get down and into uh, the deep places, higher self is not interested. So it's like, it's all, I call it the upside down work, you know, stand on your head and look at it from underneath because then you probably get what Chung Fu is talking about. And Chung Fu is, is an ally as soon as you put that intention there, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this. I'm, I'm gonna move out of this entrapment. I'm gonna lift myself up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this life and I'm gonna run with it. I'm gonna fly with it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for gold. Chung Fu's there because Chung Fu, while manifesting into an amazing personal ally for people, for so many people, 
uh, and really very personally present also goes all the way into in, in, into that place of, of of the divine. And so as soon as you're there, you can feel Chung Fu. Of all the years, in 38 years you were working with Chung Fu, what is the funniest thing that Chung Fu ever told you? Funniest? Yes. Well, I'm afraid there are so many. He has such a sense of humor that I can only remember. I, I, I'm just going to give you the one from yesterday. Okay. Okay. So we work a lot with the inner child. Okay. Uh, you know that people have to see the, the the origination of a lot of wounding that is in the inner child. And there's one issue we have with Chung Fu, which is time. Okay. So Chung Fu always goes over time. You You make a 10 minute time. And it's always 20 minutes. You know, we have to. People have their time with Chung Fu, and they want to extend it forever. And 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 and, and Chung Fu gets into process. Who's going to be the timekeeper? Uh, I went over time. Oh no! You know, and he makes constant jokes about about this. Uh, uh, the thing is, of course, I'm in trance, but I know that this this was funny yesterday because it, it took the group a long time to recover their their, their composure because basically. He suddenly started running this fact that there was little Chung Fu. <laughs> Did they not realize there was little Chung Fu? And that little Chung Fu is very re-stimulated about the subject of not being able to control time. Anyway, it's, just, it's difficult to transmit how funny it was. But it was very funny because this huge being has now created little Chung Fu, which I absolutely, I mean, that was just... So- Chung Fu has an inner child. So now, now, only since yesterday. Oh, since yesterday. He's introduced the concept of little Chung Fu. That's wild. Little Chung Fu, who's got a serious issue that everybody's get on his case about time, which he <laughs> cannot control, being so little. Anyway, it was just hilarious. He well, had everybody that, in stitches. That's an exclusive, Sally. That's an exclusive, world exclusive right there. Ms. Sally Pullinger, I really enjoyed speaking to you about, um, about Chung Fu, and now my understanding is that you're going to go into trance, or we're going to, we're going to talk to Chung Fu, and uh, I think we're going to ask Chung Fu about little Chung Fu. Well, well, is it okay if we ask him? <laughs> Greetings to you. Welcome, welcome. Blessings and peace. I see the lines of light are stretching all the way across the oceans. Yes, I see you, dear brother. Greetings to you. Greetings to you, Mr. Fu. Well, you have that great distinction of being the one who calls me Mr. Fu. Well, I'm not going to call anyone else Mr. Fu. There's only one Mr. Fu, and it is you, Chung Fu. And uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you on today's program. Um, <laughs> just first off, let's ask you a quick question. How are things where you are right now? Um, how's the weather? In what part of of it? The weather. Mm, It is an interesting question about where I am. I think, first of all, I shall 
make my way into where you are and then answer your question. Okay. Peace, beloved. Blessings in peace and may the living spirit that is within all things come forward. Bringing us into a unity of connection. Into a communion of the spirit. Bringing forward into your emanations the presence of Chong Fu that comes forward at this time to bring love and peace, connection with the soul, understanding of the higher self, and the complete transformation of the human mind in alignment with the divine source and the coming forward of the new creation from the solar logos that at this time we are gathered together to bring these blessings upon the earth, bringing love, peace, and deep understanding that is beyond the mind. And we give thanks to all the beings stretching all the way in the worlds of light, making these connections possible, these dialogues that we are having here together. We welcome all the spirit beings within the worlds of light that in our communication assist our minds to become part of the great all-in-one living spirit within. Blessings and peace, beloved. Blessings and peace upon you, Mr. Phil. And so then in answer to the weather, beloved, we will say to you that weather is a phenomenon of the physical plane. Of course, you knew I would say that, dear one. For weather, that precise word, it indicates the changeable nature of the physical plane, of the duality, of the hot and the cold, of the wet and the dry, of the deep and the high, of the in and the out, the negative and the positive, the experience that you have come into these dimensions of the physical world to have and to understand and to integrate. Deep within your consciousness, you choose these lives which bring such opportunity for the evolution of the soul. And so the weather... Yes, there is weather within the soul aspect of humanity. There is deep weather within the astral planes in that sense of all that is experienced as the emotional body. Peace. If you're communicating with us from eternity, where all things that will ever happen have already happened, how can collective humanity have any power over altering its current trajectory and fate? So these are words, and I can see that in some, senses, in some senses you are gliding over the top and hanging on to the bottom of those concepts rather than being in the, in the middle of the word, of the meanings of those concepts which are very deep. The word eternal, the word infinite, the understanding of the oneness of time and space, the understanding that is beyond the mind. The mind cannot grasp in truth eternity. 
So for the levels of mind, it is to understand, indeed, anything is possible. You have heard this in many ways, understanding the vast potential of the human mind. But it is a truth. For the human mind is capable to align itself to the deepest source of all creation, indeed, that place of the infinite and of eternity. Yet the human mind has the task to bring that eternity into the now, into the finite. How can the finite be changed? That is the point. Well, the answer is by being in touch with the infinite. The infinite brings into the finite all these potentials which you speak of. The human being does not have to fear being closed down within those potentials or possibilities. They are infinite. The human soul has infinite choice within the now. Peace. Peace. Now, do we, on the human beings, do we live in a multiverse? When I say this, is that we, do we live in an area of existence where there are infinite outcomes for each one of our decisions and for each of the outcomes for each one of our decisions, is there a separate universe or parallel dimension for which these outcomes do play out? And if so, do human beings have the capability of pulling and drawing to themselves a reality for which a desired outcome can occur that has already been made in the past tense or happened in the past in regards to time? So... Explaining a little more clear, last week you walked, you stubbed your toe, you went to the hospital. Do you have the capability of drawing yourself and pulling your energy out of that circumstance to a reality in the present moment where you didn't stub your toe and where things are okay? Peace. There are several levels of understanding and explanation. You see the physical universe. It has its own laws. Your power of controlling the physical universe depends upon your alignment within your body of light to the source of infinite power. In this moment, in this physical reality, in this particular universe, let us say, where we are talking together in this time-space continuum, that is what we call a circumscribed an identified area where we are incarnating our intention in this moment. We could bring it to another moment, but we are choosing to bring it here. In the instance that you talk about, there is a choice. That instance where that person stubbed the toe, there are many reasons that person will have stubbed the toe, many accompanying factors many uh, reasons inside the soul why that is a perfect event in that moment. If that human being did not want to, in that sense, draw towards himself that experience, then many of those surrounding factors would not exist. If that human being wants to go back and, in that sense, uh, heal that event, in other words, bring, uh, bring that healed toe back to present time, as if it hadn't happened. That is an entire soul process that they need to go through to understand and unravel why the soul chose to have that experience. Once they had understood that, which can be fast or slow, then, indeed, that toe 
can miraculously heal and appear not to have been stubbed. However, in that experience for that human being in the subconscious mind, they will remember stubbing that toe. They will still have that memory. Okay. And what is the process that occurs the moment death happens in the physical plane? If you can please describe a little bit of the details that occur of what a person can experience or can expect to experience the moment it happens. And also, no, let's just go with that question. Peace. So when a person stubs their toe, in this simple example, you mean as, as a symbol of what happens to the to the being's consciousness in that moment of wounding itself. Well, in the moment, I actually want to know is that what is the actual process that occurs when a person dies? When a person dies in the physical plane, what is the what goes what occurs? What do they experience? Do there's does their soul leave? Do they get a full life review? Like, what are some of the more common things that occur to an individual when they pass, spirit wise? Uh, pass. Peace. Yes, peace has as many answers as there are individuals passing into the spirit world, but there are some generalized answers okay. of possibilities that I can give you. It's a bit like saying, you know, what does somebody think when they cross the road? Some people are thinking about dinner yesterday and what they're going to have tonight. Some people are wondering where they're going to get across the road without getting hit. There are so many ways you can cross a road. When a person goes into the spirit world, how they go in depends on so many factors that indeed it is it is very impossible to generalize exactly what is happening, but that is in their consciousness. What is offered to them to happen at the very best is that if they have attuned themselves to the soul level, if they are in touch with their higher selves, if they have within them an open heart that is willing to make that transition with all their loving power and energy, then when the person comes to leave their body, once each element has, has, has been uh, dissolved, has melted, so the earth, the fire, the water, and finally the air, once those elements of the body have, have, have gone into decomposition, have let go, the spirit has let go, and, and, and the last breath literally has left the body. The spirit is then free. It is free of the physical. It then becomes very aware of the astral content. Now, that, as you can imagine, is very various. People die in all kinds of ways, with all kinds of emotions, uh, for all kinds of reasons, so then they will experience, uh, depending on, on their, their spiritual practice, their emotional consciousness, their, their degree uh, of connectedness to their soul level, they will experience that, uh, you could say, naked reality of their astral inner nature. They will experience themselves as pure feeling, as the emotional content they may be ready to go, in which case they are at peace, and they are able then to to literally become one with those beings who have been uh, with them in in their light body all their life, and they they literally walk 
or sometimes they feel as if they are carried, if they have been sick for a long time, they will be lifted out of their body. The spirits will come and, and they will hold them and carry them until they, 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 they tell them, you can actually walk now, and they start to feel their light body walking. Then they start to have the, the most joyous experience if they have been very ill, uh, that freedom of movement. They are in their light body. They are experiencing themselves. As, as being very alive, and, and some, of course, if they have not had any spiritual experiences up to this point, will be in a state of shock that they are alive and walking uh, uh, or being transported, being lifted along by beautiful beings whose especial calling and task is to help the soul to move out of the body and into the world of light. There is so much I can say about this subject it would fill not one book, but several. Chung Fu, you have uh, channeled a great book, which is Under the Plum Tree, and I, yeah. I love this book so much. And one of the things you talked about is how many times a person comes to Earth. Apparently, we get to seven or eight different life incarnations here. And what I'm curious to know is why do you, why are we only limited to seven or eight? Or are there, are there potentially more life incarnations? And also, if people come through and they have several life incarnations and you know we've died several times why do most of us forget why what is the process of the forgetfulness i mean even if people remembered a little bit about their previous life or a little bit about what the process is to, to physically die it seems that it would cut out so much fear so much confusion and i don't know i just i wonder if Sometimes that by not knowing and not being able to remember even a glimpse about it, it but potentially holds people in reoccurring cycles that they can't break out of. Uh, several questions in your uh, yeah. description there. The first thing to understand about what has been written in that book is wasn't uh, entirely transmitted the whole context of of my my talk at that time okay. and. The seven or eight, actually it was 11 or 12 anyway, but it is in a sense per cycle. So you can choose to have uh, seven or eight, but up to 12 incarnations, which are exactly, as you say, given to certain areas of your evolution. You might incarnate into rock and stone. You might incarnate into air. Uh, you might incarnate into another planetary system, you might incarnate into water, into the animal realm. The soul is evolving all the time. And so you have memories. You can remember when you do certain kinds of work with nature, you have the affinity with certain plants and trees, animals and birds. You have fascinations with different subjects. And that is because in certain parts of your being, you have studied, you have incarnated, you have been a part of all areas, all aspects of the universe. And so my point about incarnations is very much relative and non-constrictive and to do with areas of knowledge and evolution. Peace. Peace. Okay. So that, that kind of takes the, the edge off your other question of saying, well, if you need to come back and you need a, another series of lives, 
and you ask for that and you wish for that and you are in a sense uh, uh, really going to make the best of that for there are well, you can understand, cues for lives in the astral plane. Life upon the earth is a very precious thing. And it is in the lower levels of evolution, we could say, well, you tumble in. But as you get, as you get further and further uh, into the depths of your soul and you are becoming of service to the divine, you are, you are becoming a teacher, a master, you are becoming somebody who the spirits can work through upon the earth. Oftentimes, those enlightened beings, they will choose to come back and back and back. Or, for example, myself, I have chosen to come back a number of times because of love, beloved. Peace. Peace. In terms of the earth, in terms of its evolutionary opportunities to grow a spirit, how does that compare to some of the other planes of existence? You mentioned that there were a couple ones you can come in as various forms. Um, very, you, have, you describe various forms you can come into Earth in the physical plane. How does the evolution on Earth compare to some of the other um, evolutionary forms and other dimensions? What is, what is it so unique about Earth? What, is, what are the growth opportunities that are offered to us on Earth that are very unique what do you consider would be the answer beloved if you think about it you see you said it actually in the question you said compared to the other planes and that's precisely it it's to experience bringing the infinite into the finite bringing spirit into matter experiencing limitation and yet finding freedom it is to bring to, to bring the divine or the, the extraordinary into, into manifestation. Here upon the earth and in other places within the universe which have this vibration and are being evolved and are at different stages of evolution, you get to, and I say you meaning persons like yourself, who are fascinated, impassioned by uh, the deep understanding of soul, uh, of those things that are beyond the mind. In these realities, you are the great, uh, you know, the, the radiant beings who are, whose calling is to pour that light out into the souls of people. So you get to come back to do that if you wish to do that. That is a wonderful opportunity for for the evolved souls. Uh, there comes a certain point, however, where your energy becomes so expansive that you are able to both enter the physical through the hearts and minds of exactly someone like yourself or the vehicle here or Sophia or Jerome here, and you you can come in there and also uh, emanate your vibration throughout the universe. And so there are different reasons for the stages of evolution in all types of reality. And that is a very big question. We could spend a long time talking about other places where, where, where there are uh, evolutionary opportunities for souls. Peace. Yeah, I just want peace. I just wanted to ask you, well, you know what? Why don't we just, um, can we ask you just about like the one after this. I mean, Earth is Earth. If Earth is at a certain vibration, and we aspire as 
humanity to go to a, a level or plane of existence with a higher vibration, what would you say would be uh, the next phase or higher phase of vibrational frequency in terms of evolution? And what is this realm like in compared to Earth? I really understand that you'd like a nice, finite, neat answer. But I have information for you, beloved. Because, you see, everything here is, it it, it can be described, defined, it is finite, it has a a beginning and a finish, an end. Everything can be described in those ways. And so, of course, the human mind wants to be able to, uh, to then define the next stage but the truth is rather like my answer to you about what's it like to leave the body and go into spirit world well you know how many different lengths of string are there that the human soul uh, might be uh, might be representing here in this idea of evolution for one person they would go to uh, the planetary vibration of venus because they want to understand and be imbued with that energy another might go into the constellation of arcturus these are evolutionary steps that might be made uh, there is a lot of opportunity in different constellations and to have uh, both uh, non-physical uh, and also connection with the physical, but not in the way that you experience here upon the earth, but it is still physical. So the degree of physicality upon the earth is a particular density. So when you talk about evolving beyond the earth, you see... Uh, as you probably can observe, looking around you, there are some very low forms of incarnation, low expressions uh, of, of, of soul presence upon the earth. The earth is not uh, is not limited to one aspect, and you have here also some very evolved souls of the highest order, and a lot coming in at the moment from other constellations who are called to assist to help the whole earth become a place where there can be a higher level, if you like, of evolution, which is all about the capacity to love. It is all about the beauty. It's all about creativity. It's about bringing the God force, uh, the goddess force, if you like to see it in in, in that sense, uh, polarized but it is one force, it is one divine principle coming into uh, the world of appearance. Uh, So where so many places, beloved, so many possibilities, so individual and definitely not linear, you can choose to have an incarnation and your soul may be evolved, but you may want to, to find something out that is, in really quite a dark place and knowing the strength of your soul, you might go and incarnate into some of the parts of the universe where uh, the God force is still uh, unmanifest, still coming in, uh, still returning, you could say, that from the moments of creation where, where all physical matter has started out, there are places where there is still the return there is still the God force to return to those places and evolution to start there. So it's a very big question, and it's not consecutive nor linear. And I understand the mind of many human beings think it is so, 
but it is not so. Peace. Peace. I've written, I've read some of your uh, previous works, and you've, I think you've mentioned that prior to a spirit being born in the physical realm, it can foresee roughly its first 13 years of life, knowing what it's going to get into, knowing the patterns of the parents. And if it knows a lot of what's going to be happening for its first 13 years of its life, does that, in essence, mean that children can be um, like prophets of life, of their lives, and uh, what events that occur in the parents' life? Like, will it, because the child has that 13 year heads up on what will happen, can parents kind of talk to the children and uh, ask them questions as to what events may be occurring in the parents' life, being that the child and the parents are so linked together? And indeed, many parents who are themselves enlightened, and they would have to be to be able to do what you suggest and be that humble and open within their hearts to understand the nature of soul life and the freshness of that child's energy field to carry that soul forward in such purity in that time. However, there are many reasons that that child, knowing what it is, choosing to experience actually comes into such a difficult situation that from from really the, the moment they are born, in fact, even within the womb, they become bombarded by so much emotional and mental confusing and overwhelming content. The idea of them being a prophet is far from possible because they are dealing with a, a huge amount of emotional and mental imbalance and really they're using all their spiritual power to survive. And so the idea of them uh, being able to source uh, can often be a very remote uh, possibility and would require a lot of healing for the parents and all the surrounding reality for that child whose spirit is pure and has come in with a lot of knowledge to be able to access that knowledge. But it does exist, and there are indeed, uh, I'm sure you are aware, uh, beings who come into an environment where they are uh, left open, left to be connected, not over, not, not, not overlaid with the distresses and the problems of their surroundings where they are, in a sense, kept uh, safe, uh, psychologically and emotionally and mentally safe so that they are not absorbing all that pain and, and uh, negativity. And then, yes. They could be prophets indeed, and there are some. Peace. Peace. Chung Fu, right now in our world, there seems to be some major advances in something called artificial intelligence. Uh, humanity is making, um, let's say, machines that can think for themselves, can react for themselves, and um, you know, decide for themselves what to do. It's happening in a very rapid pace. And I want to know if spirits can incarnate into artificial intelligence man-made mechanisms. Yes, they can. Okay. And indeed, uh, you know, there is there is a lot of um, misunderstanding of what is artificial and what is natural in your world. Think about it. There has been so much engineering within the history of your world. In that sense, what is artificial and what is natural, no, there is a dance. There is a constant co-creative dance between 
that the genius that is the God force within the human mind, soul, and the potentials, the the matter, the material uh, of nature, of the elements, of the life force. Ultimately, why there is fear around artificial intelligence is the same reason uh, when you look back over this period uh, of the wounding of the negativity that has been brought forward, that has actually been brought forward by some of the beings who, yes, in your world are creating artificial intelligence. It is important for you to understand that's why it's, in that sense, got an aura of danger around it. People are afraid of it, not really easily accepting it. And in many senses, this is to be understood as a wise caution because there are those beings upon your earth that have been incarnated and they have had great difficulty to integrate with the soul, as in the, the, the deep soul purpose uh, of, of humanity. They do not gel, if you like. They are not of the same origin. They have not come here for the same reasons. We have names for these beings, and I'm sure they are called different things within different scientific milieus and entourages. I call them the gray beings, and they come uh, from different, not all from one constellation, different constellations, and the great ones who are overseeing the evolution upon the earth, the, the great uh, angelic beings, the white brother sisterhood, the beings of consciousness close to the source who are bringing uh, their light to shine and to hold the safety of this earth. They are the ones who, you know, you could see it as a very high-level type of negotiation. They let them in. Uh, they could say they brought their gifts, which are science, mainly scientific understanding and technologies from other parts of the universe. And the, uh, if you like, the deal or the exchange was that these beings would learn to love, would learn the ways of this, this planet, the earth, the ways of nature. That they would bring their science to assist nature. Uh, as, you, as you know very well, looking back, sometimes, in fact, very frequently, the scientific revelations, the genius, uh, where these beings bring, uh, oftentimes not in fact through their own incarnation, but through their connections to those incarnated and through the geniuses of science, many understandings, they uh, have not fully uh, brought their part of the bargain in the sense of becoming fully uh, incarnated into the processes of soul evolution. There has been a big decision taken over the last 50 years or so, which those of you who work with us know very well and who work with other uh, beings from the white brother-sisterhood of the soul, that this arrangement has terminated. What that means is that these beings can no longer incarnate. Uh, however, there are those who are already here, and so these this rapid evolution is like a sort of panic stations 
bringing in, uh, trying to uh, rectify the fact that they can feel they are losing their control. And so there is that attempt to bring phenomenal science in, uh, to, to bring another level of fear into the hearts and souls of, of humanity. The real truth is that who will incarnate into these intelligences will be rigorously monitored by the great white brother sisterhood of the soul. Peace. Peace. Okay. And in terms of the reality for the world that we are currently living in at this present moment, it seems that the United States is perpetually at war with the world, a lot of a lot of engaging in a lot of global conflicts. And uh, I come to ask, do you feel that the U.S. is currently comprised of people who were oppressed in previous lifetimes who are currently in the process of balancing their karmic scales with their previous oppressors through this global and perpetual war? And also, do you see a global conflict occurring in linear time, let's say in a two or three year period, for which the world will be at a detrimental halt in terms of peace and comfort, where it'll be uh, a very darkened place? Or do you feel that the world at the moment is moving towards light and this war and this death and this horrific things that people would perceive as evil is something that is going to be phased out and we are going to be seeing a more peaceful, prosperous, uh, harmonious period of evolution in the history of humanity. It's ultimately the latter, however, initially both. Okay. So we are at a time of the deepest darkness of, as I said to you, you know, a failure of a certain uh, plan, if you like, where there has been so much scientific uh, knowledge coming in which has been barred, banned, which has not been allowed to come in and benefit uh, benefit the earth. There has been a, a, a true greed and a taking and so much misuse of power. Uh, the, the state of chaos at the moment is at its absolute extreme. However, at the same time, the amount of light being, well, I'm going to use the word bombarded because it's <laughs> curiously more appropriate to war, and yet it is uh, the solar rays from the central sun are very, very powerful, and at this time coming right through into the physical realms. And that is, that, that is an inner sun, and yet it is also, uh, you, you can see it in all kinds of ways, in manifestations of physicality upon your earth, in phenomena, in weather events, in electrical storms, in solar flares, in the uh, proliferation of starseed presence, of obvious signs of extraterrestrial um, involvement and communication. These are solar beings coming in. Uh, they come in literally on the rays of light. They are literally uh, penetrating into the souls and bodies of, of human beings who are opening and, and allowing them in. The point, what I'm trying to say to you is that all of it is happening at the same time, at the moment. And this will continue for about mm, anything between 15, 10, it can be 10 years at the very least, it can be 20. After that period, 
something else starts to happen. Those seeds of light that are sown, that consciousness that has been built in the young people of today in certain parts of the world will start to literally blossom out, will, 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 will enter into the hearts of those who are extremely wounded. A great healing will start to occur as the love uh, uh, power that is being built at this time in certain vast, uh, literally tribes or families or huge networks of light that are uh, supporting each other to grow that strength as that light becomes strong enough or the people carrying it uh, become strong enough to bring that healing uh, that will occur. It, it, it is occurring all along, but at a global level. Peace. In about 20 years' time, you will see the result of a lot of work that you will be doing and, and many others, which is not to say that you will not experience it now because you will. And there are light workers who will not see, who will not in that sense be touched by that very dark energy, but they will receive those who come from there and they will be given a lot of power to heal. And so, you see, this is, in, in many senses, you could say, well, this is another round, another evolutionary round, planetary. Your, your initial uh, question about the American people mm. is not just the American people. This, this spirit of war, if you like, is in very, very many people, very, very many nations. It is a wounding Yes, and there is a very complicated crossing over uh, from past lives. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, for example, that many of the uh, Native Americans that were uh, massacred uh, a, a couple of hundred years ago actually are in, in, in European bodies. Really? Yes, and so it's very interesting. I mean, I just say that to you because you asked if there are wounded, the wounded beings uh, there in the Americas. Actually, there are a lot of new souls who come into the Americas uh, because the the level that the, uh, of pain and of, of, of in a sense, um, the opportunity to to grow that is offered by this kind of time that has been in history for the last 200 years, I mean, you can feel it. You can feel the newness of the race. There's so much that is, uh, you know, shallow is not, not the right word because it, it has a, a sort of a judgment in it, but it's just that, that souls are coming in and, and they're getting deeper. And someone like yourself coming forward to lead people into depth, that is, that is a very good example that out of the people within your country now, there is emerging great leadership, true, uh, and they have to be careful because there are all sorts of areas where, you know, there's terrible fear around spirituality, what it means, and, and, and a lot of misunderstanding uh, about, for example, what is the Christ energy, what is the true story with the Nazarene, you know, lots of, uh, of, of what I call uh, made-up, invented realities that do not really help people to evolve. However, there is also a huge a burgeoning, a blossoming of, uh, uh, of real spirituality. It's just not very visible because... You know, people have learned to take great care. 
because in the last 400 years upon your planet, all the spirituality has been undergoing a huge amount of transformation and change. And so you will find that a great camaraderie, a great, a great community, uh, an interface will start to happen uh, across America and, and also going out into, into Europe and into places where there is a real desire to reseed uh, consciousness with the new spirituality that is of the now. Peace. Peace. All right, Mr. Fu. There are, when you mentioned the idea of saying that this thing at minimum could be 10 years, maybe 20 years, where, you know, if we go through this darkness and we, you know, and then we come to this light, maybe I'm one of these people out there that says, you know what, why wait that long? What can we do right now to accelerate this process so we get the light in here faster? If you were to offer a couple pieces of advice to people who uh, have a lot of love in their heart, and they wish to accelerate the process for which the light comes into the world, what would those tips be? What can people do to um, increase their vibrational frequency faster, quicker, and make this transition of light occur in a much more rapid fashion? Peace, UN. Peace. If basically come together to come into groups, to come into group consciousness, to recreate a lifestyle where in practical terms they are faced with the proximity which they are trying to deny, and I say this about really all human beings, it has been going on for thousands of years, trying to deny that actually you're there sharing the earth. I don't want to share, I want my bit. You move <laughs> over there. You haven't got enough? Bad luck must be your karma, you know, that actually people need to understand and come back, and you will recognize this from the ancient tribal ways, the indigenous ways, the ways of the people of peace of the earth, where basically there is humility, there is coming together, there is a very simple agenda, which is to come to a place of love and peace together. That is the great aim. It doesn't sound, you see, it's really not glitzy enough. It's not glamorous enough. It's not, you know, there's no kudos in it. There's no millions of dollars at the end of that equation. And so that is a very simple directive that comes from spirit, beloved, out into the world. Learn to love. You know, seriously, learn to be the neighbor of your neighbor. And however irritating uh, that may sound, you know, I'm not asking people to literally uh, go and you know, live in their neighbor's house because you have choice. And so you find your true soul neighbors and you find ways to communicate and you recreate the systems upon the earth. And this is already happening, systems of governance, of economy, of survival, of growing food, of distributing food, of being in supportive roles, of caring, of sharing. It is very existential and very basic. Uh, the way to bring more light upon the earth is to walk it there with your whole body, your whole heart, your whole mind, and your whole soul. Peace. Peace. 
Okay, Mr. Fu, we have come to a part in the program where we want to talk with thankful for your wisdom, but we, we want to talk about you. We really want to talk about you. First thing is, what is your what is your birthday? Well, which life are we talking about, dear Let's, one? How, how about the last life? What was life like in your last the last last time you were born? The one that you were was, was your last was your last incarnation was it was it uh, fifteen hundred years ago? Is I have to travel, beloved. So in your calendar, it is uh, in that life and um, the date of the May first. Okay. Uh, and it is the uh, time. Uh, Five hundred and sixteen, May the first, five hundred and sixteen in India. And what was your last life like? Did you did you enjoy your last physical life incarnation? And do you think you might come back again for another for another uh, physical life? Because you know, there's a lot of fun things to do right now. I mean, the world's changed a lot. Now back Are you we trying to sell me a life, beloved. Yeah. I mean seriously, if you come if you come here right now, you could watch movies on demand. You've got Nintendo, you know, we've got cars and you can travel throughout the world. You can go in every single country. Oh, it's fantastic. It could be kind of fun beloved. for you. Beloved, from where I am, I can do so many things and have so many experiences through all of you. I have truly come to a place uh, of really enjoying my astral incarnation piece. However, I will tell you that I will be incarnating in approximately somewhere between, oh, it might be 50 or 100 years' time. Okay. You're going to come back in the physical? I might change that. I am free to change it. But I am going to be returning, dear one. And in answer to your question, who was I in that time? I was a barefoot doctor. Okay. And in that country, I was uh, administering uh, to very poor people. Well, a lot of people were very poor. I wasn't interested in, in in whether they were rich or poor. They came to me, and I came to them. And I worked uh, very humbly as a barefoot doctor in India in that time. I was very, very old by the time I left my body. In fact, I left my body three times and decided I hadn't quite finished and came back again. <laughs> okay. And are any of your friends and relatives that were alive in your last physical life incarnation currently on the physical plane right now? Oh, yes. I, 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 have, uh, I have those who are alive. Some of them are in this very room, dear one. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's great. Oh, and One. Jerome is one also. Ones that are present here uh, in this family. All of this family, they know me very well. Peace. Oh, peace. Now, we've known this. I mean, this is what we know is that Marshall Lever channeled you. Major Giles has channeled you. And now, Sophie. Love. Of course. Yeah, tell me, how do you pick? who you're going to be channeled through, who will channel you, and does the personality of the person who you are channeled through have in any way, shape, or form influenced the message or the stream of your consciousness and communication? 
Very much so, beloved. It is indeed that way. I choose for the work I want to do, for the work I perceive requires to be done at any particular time. At the present, I choose this vehicle for all the qualities and all of the uh, powers that she has, and I choose her also because she has the family that she has and for the evolutionary level of all the family members, all of whom I work with and through within my work, in different ways, in different expressions, but equally strongly, perhaps not as a, as a, as a voice transmission, but as a powerful transmission, that this is in the bloodline, it's an old bloodline, it goes back a very long way, it is a very evolved bloodline, and that, it's also one of my bloodlines, and so I choose it. Peace. Peace. And and when did you decide that you wanted to communicate with humanity? Um, you had this, you know, you you came back. You've been presenting yourself and being channeled for people, and you were bestowing upon all this great knowledge and information. When was this an idea that you had when you were alive, and you said, you know what? When I become a spirit, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. We're gonna have a great time. Or is that something where you are in it's you're in uh, the astral plane? And this inspiration hit you, and if that's the case, where did this uh, inspiration originate from? When I was the Barefoot Doctor and also in the previous incarnation before that, uh, I had direct contact with many spirit beings. I obtained my knowledge and information purely from the source. I have always been deeply in connection with ancient philosophers and beings who are my friends from other lives. So uh, I have, in that sense, uh, experience of being myself that vehicle, that, that channel of the spirit, and not just in one life, uh, but in several. When I left that incarnation, uh, my guides and all those who were uh, working through me at that time uh, suggested that it was time for me to to evolve into uh, other levels of my being and to bring those levels because I was definitely not separating from the physical world, far from it. I was very, very passionately involved in, in the evolution of, of the human soul, very much part of that, that evolution. And so I spent what would equivalent equivalate in your time uh, to a few hundred years and I did not return uh, for for, for uh, even in the spirit world, even in the astral plane for, for many hundreds of years while you could say I studied but it's a little more complex than that. I learned a great deal about all the other levels of the human soul about what is going on behind the scenes, about how it is that all the things I speak about come about, uh, the information of the Akashic Records. I was trained into the Akashic Records, into an understanding of the ultimate freedom of the human soul, of how the God Force works in, uh, in evolution, and how to bring that forward. And I was part of a, a huge understanding that has come forward during the last you think about it, uh, the, the last thousand years, how that has been, and how much knowledge has come through, especially in the last few hundred years. 
And so I have been part of that in the last few hundred years. I have taken a number of uh, positions within the close astral plane, working with scientists, doctors, philosophers. Uh, I have been very close with many of the, you know, those who are well known to you now because their inspirational uh, revelations have brought such such empowerment to the human soul. And so gradually uh, I have then learned the art of communication in the way that I have no, it wasn't that it wasn't that I left the life thinking I will now go to spirit and communicate to everyone from there. It was my own evolution that led me to where I am now. Peace. Peace. And talking, Sophie. You, apparently, you're very popular. You are very popular in the astral plane, spirit world. You, you talk to all the beings and uh, all the angels out there. Who would you say would be your top three buddies, your top three favorite spirit beings, you know, angels, people who have passed, people from out all planes of existence? Who are your top three guys, people that you get along well with the most? <laughs> it's an interesting question to just limit it to three. But well, if you if somebody were, were to plant a surprise, do a surprise birthday for you, Mr. Fu, who would you say would be the top three that would be likely behind that surprise party for you? Well, I, 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 you know, I hope I'm not going to offend anyone, you know. I really do, beloved. Okay. I, I jest with you. <laughs> the Archangel Michael. I work very closely with the Archangel Michael. Okay. And there are many uh, deities I work with that come from other other dimensions. And so... They might not be so known on this plane, but they are very important beings who uh, I work with. And so, uh, however, their manifestation within these realms, for example, I have brought my beloved uh, Isa Isa. She was once known as Isis. And I have also brought through the connection uh, at this time with her of Osiris. He is known as Osiris, but he is the God force manifest within that deity. That then brings me to the beloved Mary Magdalena. And so she is really in the lineage of Isa Isa, or Isis, as she is known uh, to the world, though this is not the true pronunciation uh, of her name. And so, if I have to limit myself, there they are, the three. Peace. Peace. Okay. And Mr. Fu, there are a lot of individuals who are currently listening, who are listening to this program, that have a great affinity and a great love and respect for a uh, departed teacher who has who has left the physical plane and he's in eternity. And that individual is Stuart Wilde. And on behalf of myself and a lot of listeners on the show. How is Stuart Wilde doing? And you, are, you guys ever hang out? He's beloved. He is he's very close to my heart. And this beloved has communed with me a great deal, has always been someone who listens on the inner plane, who receives through myself and other beings the teachings of the great white brother sisterhood of the soul. Within him is a heart that burns with a great fire that is on fire with the love of human souls in evolution. And so 
he is healing some wounds that have been gathered during that lifetime. There were some places for him that were not met. You know, some places within his humanity where he did not succeed to find someone to, in a, in a sense, go as deep as he went. And so that sadness that was very deep within him and his being, you know, his, shall we say, healing, retrieving, integrating his soul in that very deep place. And so we are in communication and he comes forward here, beloved, to greet you and to honor you. And, you know, he he's laughing. <laughs> he's laughing and saying, you know, he knows exactly what you're doing. He says, you made it. Look at you. You shining. You're such a star. He loves you, beloved. He oh, is has such a, a big love in his heart for you. And he says, we're depending on you. Ah, uh, jeez. You're, you're going to open those gates like I always mm. said you would. Uh, now you can do it for me, too. Well, and he says, I'm always around you. Don't forget. I never, ever leave my people. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, I know a lot of people out there... Um they really, they really do respect Stuart, and I know that they're working very hard to to really push and carry on his work and uh, bring a lot of light. Um, we have our people on our show that uh, that are always, you know, pushing light into the world, showing love and peace upon others. But he said he's doing good, and uh, he just relayed the, the message that a lot of people love him, miss him, and you know, we're always uh, we just think the world of him. And he says to that beloved, tell them all. I got wings now. <laughs> I got wings and I can fly. Tell them to come for a ride with me and I'll show them some stuff. Okay. And That's... he's saying, you know, and don't you think I'm kidding? I'm really serious here. Did he, has he found the bar wherever he is? Because I know he loved Guinness when he was a physical body. <laughs> I'm sure he had to have found the bar by now. <laughs> and if so... When he we went do- through that phase, beloved. Okay. Because <laughs> I gone beyond the bar, brother. He's not, he's I gone not- beyond the bar. Okay. Finally, I gone beyond the bar. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place beyond the bar for all the brothers and the sisters, he says. <laughs> That's really great to hear. But that was the thing, that bar, that, you know, there was a place. Such a beautiful love, such a camaraderie in his heart. And but but there was a wound that he did not reveal. No, no. And it just uh, last question about Stuart is that is he actively is he right now in the process of healing his soul or is he open to being channeled through anyone at this time? Do you think that he's is he's trying? He'll be, to... He will be available. Mm, he's just about there, but not quite. This this okay. work will really help him. You know, as he feels a communication. With, with all that you are doing is really helping. It's it's creating. He meant it. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're making a gateway. I can see it, and and he will come through. Peace. Peace. If people are to send love, peace to Stuart, does that, in any way, shape, or form, accelerate the process of him evolving on the on the astral plane? If we just if people just think about Stuart, love him, send love to him, does that accelerate his evolution? 
Absolutely, beloved. And it okay. has done. It already has done. Okay. And uh, Mr. Fu, final question I have for you is the world is changing. It's evolving. It's going quicker. What would say, what would say would be the number one thing you recommend to people in order to connect to the God force or connect to God? Slow down. <laughs> Try to breathe. Get your feet on the ground. Understand that you are the living spirit within the earth, maybe spinning. Slow down. Feel your connection with the divine source, the sunlight that shines from within. Connect to the source. Connect to that which is within and understand that all the spinning in the world cannot deter you from your connection to the divine, to the source, to the God force within. You can connect every day of your life through your breath, through opening your heart to finding the love that is within you, the light of which you are made. And in that way, if every day you slow down, slow your breathing, listen inside, allow the voice of your soul to speak to you from inside, through your emotions, through your senses, through your intuition, then you will not be swept off your feet you will not be gobbled up in the fears and anxieties and busyness and the pressure and demands of your daily life. Remember, the resource is within. Bring it from within to without. Peace. M- peace. Mr. Fu, on behalf of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show and millions upon millions of people throughout the world, we offer infinite peace and love and infinite gratitude upon you for the great time you've bestowed upon us for this great interview today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Peace, beloved. Peace, beloved. And this peace out into the world from the depths of my heart and from the heart of the divine and from the depths of the great white brother-sisterhood of ascended beings, we send peace. Joining us now is the Angel Reader, globally respected psychic comedian, Miss Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Miss Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, what can you tell us about Sally and what can you tell us about Mr. Chung Fu? Okay, well, Sally, as you know, Ryan, I have done sleep trance channeling for quite some time and First of all, for her to do this so fluently and beautifully uh, for an hour, that, that, that meeting was an hour, that is an incredible feat in itself. She is very clear with spirit that channels through her so eloquently and elaborately also. I have to say that she is a very special soul here on earth to be able to transmit that type of information. I, I was thoroughly impressed. Now, on a soul level, I did get some really strong indications about Sally being of the angelic realm at one life, or let's call it um, spirit 
a spirit quest of hers was in the angelic realm where she was a messenger from the angel source to the to the human source if you will helping that that sisterhood helping that uh um energy flow communicate between the two through toning vibration really high essence uh energy i felt in ten of hers if you would i just i i hope to meet her someday i feel like there's something there between um the star people and sally where she's actually channeling these very high strong vibrations to bring information to help us and i've found it very interesting within the the matter of the interview where she was speaking of 10 to 20 years or rather channeling about the 10 to 20 years because I have found that that is precise information that I'm hearing also through spirit. And I'm just curious that how is she able to channel such a high spirit or high vibrating uh, spirit in a low dense vibrational frequency on earth? Like what is the, how, let me see if I'm afraid to go to the question this way. I feel like what happens through my own estimation is that the way that the brain waves, the frequency of the brain waves goes in certain people with the meditative state that they're in, um, that they are able to like place their body in a very safe place momentarily while the channel's coming through. And I do believe that there are angelic sources that are surrounding the being when this is happening. I, I suspect that she's probably bringing that light around her before she ever starts channeling. Okay. And what about Mr. Fu? Well, Mr. Fu, I felt, was very um, eclectic with energy. I feel like he has brought in many sources through levels, maybe cosmically. Um, I feel like he has such a message to bring in a collective manner that our earth is going to be completely mm, transformed. I, I, I guess that's a good word, but I feel like it's more like expanded expansions happening because of his energy. I, uh, there's a knowledge set that is going to be really brought forward through so many people collectively. I, I feel like what happens with his energy is Maybe other people are channeling something very similar, or it's, I feel like there's a group of of entities and beings that's coming through him that 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 many people are channeling. But she's able to get that collective voice in a very interesting level, and it's powerful, it's insightful, and very intelligent, uh, new way of thinking from a very high source of, of what I consider white light. Okay. Now, when we were talking to Chung Fu, we realized that his last life that he described on Earth was that of a doctor that was in India. I was wondering if you could mm-hmm. uh, feel into his energy a little bit and see what his, any of his previous lifetimes were ahead, before that. Well, when he was speaking of that, I actually had a strong vision of Mayan energy uh, and so I was I was kind of curious when he said 1,500 years. I don't. I think that he had difficulty 
really going to that level or going to that calendar of events. And I do believe that there was a Mayan lifetime and also before a Tibetan lifetime, perhaps I was getting a lot from Asia also and Tibet, the, the, I was getting a lot about the dawn of the dead, the, um, that I know that sounds humorous, but what I'm really speaking of here is the, a strong direction of spirit, motive, spirit, uh, energy that's bringing, it's bringing transformation to us now. It's like the dawn, meaning that we're at, at a new beginning or an, and a new ending and the dead, the spirit of the dead. And there's energy there that he taps into directly. And I do believe that he is absolutely part of that. Okay. And in terms of the channeling, if you were to think about the people who have channeled uh, other spirits before, how would you compare Sally's channeling of Chung Fu compared with other individuals who have channeled spirits? Well, what I was getting because of the length of time alone, I, I mean, I was amazed. And I... You know, when I do the channeling myself, spirit seems to limit it to about 30, maybe maximum 45 minutes because it really does put me in a very uh, depressed state almost. The next day I'm exhausted, takes an enormous amount of energy to channel. So the mere length of her channeling is very impressive, but the eloquency the whole way through because you... I, I've noted that during channeling sessions, oftentimes I'm waking up slightly. I'm remembering part of the channel. She she sounded like she was very deep in the whole the entire time through the channel, and that that is I don't know. It's I I don't even know how she does it um, physically, but I I can tell that there. I mean, this is her calling her her total gift. It's amazing. Okay. And uh, also during the time talking to Chung Fu saying potentially that he said he was going to potentially come back. He said, you know, maybe a hundred years now he will maybe come as another life incarnation. But I, I, I have no doubt he'll be back. And I believe he'll be, a, you know, here to bring a message like, you know, many of the people in the past history has uh, to, to elevate the energy, the higher love, um, unconditional love. I, mean, he, I think that he has the same type of message Jesus had on this earth. Buddha had on this earth, many other uh, masters, and I, I feel like he's he's really enjoying where he's at right now to pass on these messages to uh, special channels, but I also and collective through through groups. However, I um, do I felt like he's really looking forward to coming back okay. here and experiencing and Earth again. If he again. comes back and experiences Earth again, I mean, granted that Earth has a series of experiences that you can collect on here, uh, but he when I asked. Uh, Chung Fu about, you know, why not come back now? I told him about all those things. Uh, Chung Fu is saying that, you know, he has the ability to obtain many beautiful, wonderful experiences. So I don't, I mean, I can only gauge what reality is in the physical plane because of what we experience now, um, you know, based on our senses, all our intuition. I, you know, I can't see through Chung Fu's eyes or senses what uh, Chung Fu is experiencing. But I'm curious to know as to why would a spirit that is able to reach so many people, that is able to bring so much love into the world, that is having all these wonderful insights, wisdoms, it doesn't have to be concerned about nourishing, feeding, or sustaining a physical body, even fathom the idea or the notion to come back and eat another physical body. What could there be left to be attained? 
because he can physically experience, feel it, feel the transformation of the earth that is to come. He is working really hard at the, this moment to help bring an, an amazing energy across this world. And he foresees it, that it will happen. He sees that eventually his hard work will be attained. And for him to be able to experience that in full reality, that's going to be exhilarating. And and I, I just felt sure that he's looking forward to that. Miss Laura Lynn, that was a really great, great insight and analysis on Sally and Mr. Fu. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to learn more about Miss Laura Lynn, please go to our website at angelreader.net. Thank you so much, Miss Lynn. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is the astrophenom, Miss Constance Stellis. You learn more about Miss Stellis by going to her website at ConstanceStellis.com. Miss Stellis, what can you tell us about Mr. Yes. Fu and Sally? Okay. Well, first of all, my compliments to the three of you. Uh, Mr. Fu, you and Sally, because you, you've come together in current space and time to um, uncover a very um, interesting and I think meaningful connection with um, um, non-physical being, uh, which is Mr. Fu at this point. Um, we do have a birthday for him, which was May 1st, 516 A.D. in India. We don't have a place and we don't have a time, but no matter. And what this reveals is that Mr. Fu uh, was a Taurus, and had a great number of planets in Taurus, the Sun, Mercury, Mars, and Uranus. And the Earth element is his strongest element. His moon sign was Libra, and Libra and Taurus are connected by means of the planet um, Venus, because they're both Venus-ruled. So if I were speaking to a client with this chart, I would say you are very, very artistic, very refined in your um, uh, approach to life, and you have a bad explosive temper. Um, and this perhaps was one of the um, challenges in his uh, earthly life to corral that energy. The positive aspect of it, when I say bad, I meant the severity of it. I'm not judging it good or bad. But it is interesting that he has this connection between Mars, god of war, and Uranus, kind of an, uh, the god of revolution. And um, when those two planets are together, it's an enormous energy packet to, to deal with. And it also allows a certain revolution of the spirit. So whether this person, I don't know what the circumstances of his earthly life were, but he was going to shake things up. And we see right now he's still shaking things up and uh, by virtue of Sally's work and you putting him on the airwaves. Now, he has, inter interestingly enough, um, Neptune, exactly at 12 degrees of Capricorn, and in the sky, currently, we have Pluto at 11 or 12 degrees of Capricorn. So the time is right to kind of unveil the information or the spirit of this sage. 
and I heard that Sally said he was a member of the, the White Brotherhood, and she has devoted her life to working very, very hard in um, helping people to understand that there are many dimensions of reality. So when I said he had an explosive temper, I believe that to be have been true, but it also was the way to open the door into other realms of um, experience. Now, when we look at Sally's chart, uh, she, what happened here? Oh, there we go. Um, she is a Cancerian, a water sign, and um, does not nearly have as much earth in her chart as her uh, mentor. Uh, but she also has this Uranus blend. It works out differently in her chart. But I think since we know that she's alive and well and living in – where is she living? In London? Yes, she's living in uh... – Yes. About England, I'm not sure. Um, I think no. I think it's uh, it is the U UK. UK, okay. So that she, um, um, so we know uh, not only her birthday, but a time and a place. Uh, so the chart is more accurate. And again, we find the signature of a major planet, the Sun, in her case, connected to the planet of revolution, Uranus. Now, for her, it's not an explosive temper. But that very much caused, and she said this herself, a very abrupt change in her life, very abrupt. And that was the death of her husband. And again, that grief put her in touch with something much bigger. Unfortunately, it was a sad um, uh, feeling and opened the door to be um, able to channel, to understand other dimensions. Now, we don't necessarily wish those kinds of experiences, but her own personal power connected with a spirit larger than herself that helped her heal, and now she is turning that ability to uh, the other people that she uh, she works with. Um, so I think that she's a, a, an accurate channel channeler, and she herself has grown a lot, and she also has a great deal of compassion for the people that she uh, she works with. Um, two other things that are interesting in her chart is the position of Mars and Mercury in um, the sign of Gemini. Mercury, which is our communication, is ruled by Gemini. And I just heard on the interview uh, when she was speaking that language, which I'm not sure if it has a name now or if it was just um, something that came to her in her trance state, but this kind of ability with language and um, the words and the sounds is very incantatory for her. And I think that that's that's the way in for her. I mean, I think she said that herself, so that's not a big revelation. Um, she has had, um, or at least this lifetime is one of service, and um, I think she's doing a pretty good job of, of, uh, of, of doing that and uh, sharing her um, experiences uh, with uh, many people. And also she is emphasizing that nobody kind of gets a... When you're when you're communicating with other dimensions, it does not um, 
uh, alleviate or abnegate your responsibility to yourself on earth, your inner child she spoke of, and to your fellow humans. So we can't just say, oh, well, you know, I'm communing with Chung Fu and the spirits here and don't bother me. I mean, it's, it's connected. It's connected. And she was very clear about that. And I think that's important because a lot of people in the quote-unquote new age, you know, do your thing and you too will have the miracle of big cars. I mean, come on. We're here on earth to learn certain things. And um, it's not a punishment. In fact, it's a great playground. And we all uh, can benefit from understanding that there are other dimensions and certainly energies um, and spirits that want to move us high, uh, forward to and with our higher self. And you asked a great question about that. Um, if, if you're in touch with your higher self, are you basically uh, in touch with Chung Fu? And in a way, it's true. I mean, not that everyone's higher self has that kind of branding or that kind of um, vibration, but it's all one in the universe. So that's what I think. Wow. And do you, what do you see as a connection between Sally and Chung Fu throughout previous lifetimes? Do you feel that uh, Sally... Uh, it wasn't as strong as I, uh, as I, as I might have guessed. Um, I thought perhaps um, they had a sun-moon conjunction, which um, is um, indicating a, a past life um, family relationship or a husband-wife um, relationship. That did not seem to be true. The, the major beneficial connection between uh, the two of them, which would speak to past lives, is um, Jupiter in Sally's chart and what's called the part of fortune in Chung Fu's. Now, fortune here doesn't mean money, but it does mean um, the great joy. And I, I think that um, that speaks to... Um, really a, a teacher-student relationship, and also as she has developed with this, um, a, a great um, positive force in her in her life. So I'm not sure, sure they, they spent a lot of... I, I, did, did she speak about that, whether she had other lifetimes with him? Uh, no, it was only... I think she we just touched upon the base. I asked Chung Fu a little bit about it, and Chung Fu was mm -hmm. saying that oh, the people, Sally, and some of the other people around there are his family or members of his family that he's had throughout various lifetimes, and I think that they're here right now to translate and to put his work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I could believe that, but I don't see the direct uh, correlations that would exactly say, okay, father, mother, sister, brother, cousin, whatever. Um, uh, but, you know, they're on, they're on the same wavelength, that's for sure. Miss Constellus Astrophenom, that was a really great analysis. Thank you, thank you so much. And to learn more about Miss Constellus, Constellus, please go to our website at constellus.com. Thank you so much, Miss Constellus. Joining us now is one of the world's best psychic mediums in the past, Miss Carrie O'Connor. We can learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what can you tell us about the life of Sally? And Mr. Chung Fu. I can understand why Mr. Chung Fu chose Sally as to be the third channel of um, having him, bringing him through. Because she's got this beautiful, beautiful energy. It's a timing thing for her. She's got the Sophiac energy, the energy that's entering the earth right now and has been since the year 2000. And that Sophia energy really represents the 
bringing in an anchor and in the divine feminine spirit and bringing it down to the physical world. So she has that balanced energy. And so I'm not surprised that he was interested in her to, to be able to be a trans medium. I thought it was interesting that she connected with him when her husband committed suicide and that she called out to them when she was studying to be a trans medium. And that's what fascinates me, Ryan, because I've heard that before where people could be in a class where they're studying something, they wouldn't have called themselves necessarily a trans medium. They could have been a healer and very intuitive all their life, but I'm seeing there's a real humbleness with her. She doesn't get into the labels, even though she could have all the labels behind her as far as healer, medium, trans medium, all that stuff. But she doesn't, um, she wears them well. There's a very much of a humbleness to her and she really brings people to the heart. And so I'm not surprised that um, she is such a wonderful sacred channel for Mr. Feng, uh, Kung Chu, and he to look, comes through her, and they have this beautiful dance. When you watch the energy of him coming through or her holding space for him, she just creates, it looks like this thousand petal lotus flower her energy body does, and she just opens up from her heart, and she you could just see her transfigure, and then I see his energy come right over his face like an overlay, and they just have this beautiful, beautiful, sacred merging of their energy. You know that they've had many lifetimes together, which is great, and so there's a soul recognition there with with Sally and um, Mr. Feng Kung Fu. Yeah. I'm very bad news, yeah. As far as Mr. Mr. Fu goes, what can you tell us about Mr. Fu? I mean, this is he hasn't been on Earth apparently in 1,500 years. So, what are your garner about his spirit? I see Mr. Fu. It's Brian. We're going to hear more and more of these people that are coming through, to, and people are channeling these beings that haven't been on the Earth plane for a long time, and they're here to help. As I, I always talk about the bridging time, that we're at this major, major bridging. Humanity is waking up, and even through the darkness, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. These, these beings are coming through to give people hope, to give them encouragement. And, and what I notice with Mr. Fu in particular is that he doesn't bypass and go, it's into the airy fairy like um, Stuart Weil called about the you know the whitey tighties or the spiritual whiteness where we all talk about the rainbows he really wants you to do your work you're um, going through the lower chakras or the wounded child aspects or the inner child is what um, he called it and I totally agree with that because that is key for us to get into that heart chakra so Mr. Fu is helping us step into that space that's literally in our heart chakra. I call it the sacred heart um, area, and it's it could be called the uh, unconditional loving space. And he is here to remind people that that it's time for us to start living in that space, literally living in that space. It's been in our energy field for years, and he is he knows how to anchor and live in it. I also saw these Hermes energy around him. So he's an old old ancient soul where I saw the the founding father of medicine <clears throat> around him, the Greek um, mythology character Hermes, that energy signature, I know he was Hermes, and that he has then his past life that he came in, he said he was a doctor and he worked for the, um, the poor people in particular. So he's had many, many incarnations as a doctor, as helping, not caring, rich, poor, that kind of um, thing. To him, he just looked at the, the person holistically so you could also say he's a for, um, forefather of medicine and healing and also holistic medicine or healing because he looked at he knows that the heart is key and when the heart is out of alignment in the energetically our body will get dis-ease so it's huge time for him to come in 
Sally's a beautiful channel with him. I love that her church, her children channel this energy too. I also love that she tells people that we all can step into this energy and, ch and channel and tap in. And I also love says that it takes work. It's not, um, it's a muscle you have to exercise and that you have to do the work. You have to do your wounded child's work to have him come in and work with, with you. I can understand that. Okay. And in terms of is Chung Fu the spirit is is he between in between lives right now? I mean, do you see him coming back to the? He said he's going to come back in the physical, but I'm curious if you have a spirit that is doing that much work and is able to work with so many different people across the mm -hmm. world. What would there be any reason for that spirit to even remotely want to come back in the physical? Because I asked uh, Chung Fu about that, and he said he's got all right. these experiences. So why would he want to come back, knowing that he's only going to be limited to whatever he, whoever he can communicate, in a, bound by the restrictions of the physical? Well, when you're thinking of that, Ryan, you're thinking in a, le uh, a linear way. When he comes in and he has that, it's a very uh, highly evolved energy. He comes in knowing that he has open connections to those different aspects of himself. So, yes, he's in a physical body. But the way I see it energetically, imagine somebody walking the earth and that to me, it looks like keys or codes or to, are these gold balls with signals go um, or signatures or, or different um they're codes and keys that are in the energy field. So they go into the earth, they go into the people that are around him. That has a ripple effect. So him walking through the town, let's say he goes through New York City, that energy goes around the world very, very quickly. He has the ability to the physical body. He knows that he has an ability to go nonlinear into um, – it's like he's going to be showing everybody how to be in this in this world and not of it how to live and he comes in if he's going to be coming in a different trajectory. So think if everyone comes in on this linear way and we get these energetic tubes where we get disconnected and we forget who we are when he comes in into the physical and I see it taking him a while, like 50 years. I don't see him coming in immediately. I see him coming in during that time when there's major, just think of we're under construction right now, major under construction. Our foundation is getting, you could say it looks like it's getting, um, some people that would live in fear looks like there's a lot of cracks in the foundation and we need to fill it up. And um, and that could be very scary for people. But if you look at it from a different trajectory, if you look at it from 90, like a 45 degree right, that's that crack is an opportunity for us to change out of it's like an egg, a, a chicken getting out of an egg. That crack means transformation, transformational time. We signed up for it. We knew we were going to do it. And that this is a time for us to go live in beyond duality. So when by the time he comes in, he's going to have access to the other part. So bottom line, Ryan, he's not going to feel so restricted in the physical body because a lot of time because he's going to have access to his multidimensional selves. He's going to be teaching us multidimensional living. And so we there's people that are walking around. And I know you've had these experiences and I know I've had it myself. And I'm having more and more and more where I could be driving in the car and all of a sudden, I could have very much an open communication with an aspect of myself, a part of myself that had a lifetime in Syrian or Syrian energy. And I did Syrian healing. And when I connect to it, I'm embodying, embracing, and I'm bringing those codes of those healing things because I did healing work in Syrian. And then I also know that there was a connection with sound in, in Lemurian times. And so when you have those doorways that are open, when you're connecting to them, you're bringing in that those gifts, the energy signatures into this life. You're radiating those out, and then that it, it helps people. So everybody that had a Syrian lifetime, you could be waking up people that have had profound 
<clears throat> enlightened periods when um or healing periods in Syrian lifetimes and that by you just holding that signature it's like a mirror that's allowing them to take one of those keys in and unlocking them from a holding pattern so they could stay in a much more um, empowered posture. So he'll be coming in as a multidimensional being. He's not going to be, um, he'll come in awake. As the shaman says, the children that are born with their eyes wide open are awake. There are uh, people who sure that once we leave the physical, we go into the realm of the spirit. Chung Fu seems to be very popular. Mr. Fu is a very popular spirit. Is there anything that you think Mr. Fu does that makes him very popular. And when we dis when we cross over into the spiritual realm, how can we be just as popular, if not more popular than Mr. Fu is with all the other spirits? He has the secret recipe of the of the nectar. <laughs> <laughs> the nectar is uh, the being able to taste, feel, see, sense, literally use all your senses to wake up with what unconditional love feels like or the divine bliss or the creator energy looks like feels like senses and when you're embodying embracing the energy and radiating it from the inside out it makes you very popular people are drawn to you like um it's like honey and and there's a bee is coming to it and everything comes to it because it's sweet it's like a nectar that we've all been searching for it for eons and eons and eons and we've forgotten that that nectar is right inside of each and every single one of us. So he has that energy, and you could say that he has, again, it's like a, I was kind of being a wise guy when I said the secret, um, a great recipe for the, the nectar, but on an energetic level, when you look at it, he is putting out this signature that's waking up people, and so what we can do, we can go down into our own energy, our heart energy, bypass what I call the um, the wounded heart, our, our wounded stuff, the stories that keep us limited, and start getting familiar with that sacred spark. Start really getting connected to our God self, taking accountability and responsibility of our, it's like giving birth to the wounded aspects of ourself. And when we do that, it's like turning a channel, a TV channel, so we can rotate out of those patterns that we're feeding consciously or unconsciously, and then we can start living much more in the now. I noticed that he said about living in the now and important it is to be in the now because it allows us to consolidate our energy instead of feeding those past experiences that have kept us in holding patterns. I thought it was really interesting you said that a lot of the um, – Native Americans that went through um, uh, the massacres are actually living in Europe. I thought that was really fascinating in that we are amazing beings where we really come up to experience life in all of its different forms and that we're at this point now to be free from our past, to be free from those experiences that could have been very, very traumatic or those experiences where we felt we're on top of the, eight of the world. We had very th everything very easy, but we had no love in our life. We didn't have a, a partner. So even though we had all the money, we still felt that void. There's right now we're waking up to filling in that void which is directly connected to that heart energy. That heart energy is another word for the God creator energy, the God creator within and throughout. When we get totally connected to that, Ryan, we're rotating out of duality, we're rotating out of fear. We start living literally beyond um, that. We're living in the fifth dimension. We're the fourth, fifth dimension. Oh, and, and so, Connor, we learned uh, from Mr. Fu that he gave us an update on, on Stuart Wilde, that apparently he's uh, growing and evolving in the spirit realm. And I was wondering if you were surprised at what Mr. Fu said about Stuart, and if there's anything that people can do in the audience that would accelerate Stuart's uh, evolution. The best thing we could do is 
go right into our heart space and I call it the angel to angels hit. So you, you go from beyond your wounded heart, you go from unconditional love space, or if you feel like you don't know where that is, ask your higher self to send energy that connects them right to the heart space. I love that he talked about the laughter because I hear the laughter as soon as I connect to him. I always hear that laughter. It fills up the room and it's the still like the same laughter that he's had here. And then he also says to me, I'm free. I'm free. Like kind of like I'm free at last from those experiences in life that have held him down and restricted him, especially heartache because he shows me in a particular experience in his life that had a lot of heartache and it was when he was younger. Ryan, we've all had those experiences. That's when we go back to like the wounded child. So he's clearing so people down here can see him in his glory, in his, just think of whenever they met him or they heard him on tapes or on videos where he felt like he was on top of the world or you could tell he was just radiating the energy. They could hold him in that kind of energy because that's where he is now. And he's having a time of his life where he's learning more and more about navigating through the spiritual worlds. And he's got like a lot of laughter because he's kind of like, um, Seeing things from a different perspective is where he, it's in the States, they call it, whoops, I could have had a V8, where part of him hits his head like, oh, geez, are you kidding? I put my mind and emotion into this where I have a different perspective on it now and I wasted my energy in that. So people, again, because he was so loving, they could send that loving energy back to them. And the biggest thing we could do for Stuart also is to learn to love ourselves and to really connect to our divine self, our infinite self. He used to talk about that all the time. We're all infinite. We're all eternal. We're all parts of that creator energy. So when we hold that within ourselves and we radiate that out, we're reflecting that to each other. So he's there reflecting it to us, free beyond restrictions. And he really has reached a place where he's healing some very deep wounds that go on from lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. They're called ancient artifacts. We all have them and they can go very deep. And when we heal those, we start really accelerating big time um, throughout the celestial worlds. Miss Carrie O'Connor, that was a phenomenal analysis on Sally and Mr. Chung Fu. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to learn more about Miss O'Connor, Please go to our website at kerryoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Ms. O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. As always, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Joining us now is worldly renowned psychic clairvoyant, Miss Lisa Kaza. We can learn more about Ms. Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Ms. Kaza, what can you tell us about Sally? What can you tell us about Mr. Chung Fu? Well, I have to say I was greatly intrigued. I'll start off with Sally first, and I'll work my way into Mr. Chung Fu. Um, the very most immediate thing that I was shown was her animal totem, and that was that of the eagle. Not too many people can say, that, truly say with certainty that their animal totem is an eagle, and I tell you why. It's because eagle, according to my beliefs, which is that of the native tradition, the eagle is of the highest of the flyers, therefore the closest to God and divine. And eagle uh, carries messages to and from the direct source of God divine. This is who Sally is. And... You're saying that, wait, saying One, that she's it, divine or she's an assistant to the divine? Assistant to the divine. Okay. Exactly. Assistant to. 
and that's what the eagle, her eagle totem represents, but it also represents a lot of power. And I have to say, when I say a lot of power, I, I'm not kidding. And to illustrate even further how powerful she is, uh, when we consider how long she was in fact channeling Chung Fu, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of power to be able to maintain that connection for such an extended period of time. So where did she get all this power? Well, I'll tell you, um, this is one of the first times in, in, in the history of our show so far that I have an, a, a long list of past lifetimes where very quickly I'll skim through some of them. She was uh, a Wiccan priestess in the burning times in Salem. She was a medicine woman in Seer, uh, Native American in, in the early to mid-1800s. Uh, she's got Egyptian ties working in the meditation temples, uh, Celtic ties literally channeling. She, this is not her first lifetime channeling. She also had a lifetime channeling uh, the Celtic goddess Epona. Um, she's a family of Chung Fu, student of Chung Fu, assistant to Chung Fu. She even has Aztec and Incan past life ties. Wow. So this is how strong Sally really is. And as a result, um, what I am being told is that essentially she herself is preparing to ascend. Um, either, like I'm being told that either it'll be, this will be her last lifetime or she'll have only one more lifetime and then she will be ascending. Okay, what do you mean ascending? Does that mean evolving to a different reality of beyond the physical dimension? Yes, okay. yes, and essentially I feel becoming that of um, a very hot, the best way to describe it for me anyways is like a, a high guide, like a very strong guide for, for people, but on the spiritual plane. So not, definitely not as strong as Feng Chu, but, but you know, taken down a couple notches. Now, going into Chung Fu, the, the very first thing that I'll say is her power is actually the reason as to why Chung Fu is actually so choosy with the, the channelers that he utilizes, or as he called them, a, uh, a vehicle. Okay. You have to have that amount of power because realize in, in ch channeling... Um, See, now I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, Chung Fu is an ascended master. I'll get to that in a minute. But in order to channel, actually channel an ascended master, you have to have great strength and, and power because realize that ascended masters are of the strongest power. So you have to have an equal amount of power in order to, to uh, leash into it. Okay. What is an ascended master? Is that just somebody who's, what, who's an expert on this dimension, the, the, the physical 3D dimension, who um, is coming back, what, to, to teach what they've learned going beyond this dimension? Um, in a roundabout way, I guess you could say that. Like, they're, they're, they're of the highest form. Like, uh, um, Chung Fu is up there with, like I had mentioned previously, like a few minutes ago, uh, the Celtic goddess Epona. Um, Chung Fu himself talked about Horus, and Osiris in Egyptian theology, uh, and uh, Isis, 
he's up there with them. Okay. Those are ascended masters. I need to ask you that bring teachings to earth. I need to ask you something that you talked about earlier. You said that uh, Sally was divine, or she she's part of the assistant to the divine. I'm curious to know that if all people have a spirit and their spirit comprises infinity, or they are comprised of an infinite being, doesn't everyone carry divinity? So what is the comparable difference between what Sally is doing compared to what somebody who maybe never read a book about metaphysics or spirituality? Is, uh, is she carrying any more divinity or has any more relevancy to her divine spirit than any other human being or animal or creature walking on this planet? No, it's it's all about how we utilize our our gifts. Some like a you know the saying like everybody is psychic. Well, yes, everybody is psychic, but not too many people believe it, or not too many people can tap into it. And so that's what I'm talking about when it comes to her power and and the spirit. Like yes, we all do carry the the divine spirit within us, but it's in how strong we can tap into that and utilize it it's it's um the best way for me to describe that or answer that for you and also in addition to sally there was another individual who uh, actually two individuals who were aware of that have channeled chung fu one of them is Madri giles or gillis g-i-l-e-s and then there was marshall lever marshall lever was a mentor of stuart wilde or at work with stuart wilde extensively does Sally carry the same energy resonance as these two other individuals? And is there another individual in this lifetime who will have a strong enough energy resonance that Chung Fu may choose to communicate with or be channeled through? In respect to the second half of your question, because mainly because I can't remember the first, <laughs> but the, the second half of your question is I'm being told that he is sticking with her family. Okay. For now, like her her daughter is going to carry on the channeling after she passes, for example. Okay. As far as that goes, I'm not I'm I'm not being shown um, anyone else. I remember the first half now. <laughs> the the first half about the um, the other two channelers. Sally has more. Sally has more control and more power. Um, Definitely not by much, because I'll tell you why. One of the messages um, that I had been given about why Chung Fu is, like he is very choosy on who he wishes to use as a channeler, and it's all to do with just how much uh, strength and power that it's going to take to, in order to channel him. If the person doesn't have that strength or that power, then you're not going to get too far. So the other two channelers, like I do feel, are very legitimate. They just do things a different way than what Sally does. And they are slightly, like I haven't looked in great depth into either one of them, but they're just slightly lower than Sally in terms of strength. Okay, so Sally is the more is the most powerful, saying that in terms of spirit resonance, Sally has been the most powerful person that's been channeling Chung Fu. Yes, and I and yes, I, and I have to say that it, it, that doesn't come out of my mouth easily. Okay. So, but yes, definitely. Now, now focusing on Chung Fu for a second, you said that he was an ascended master. What is it about his energy or spirit that you noticed was maybe comparably different than somebody else you've read and 
how would you describe him as a channeled spirit and compare it to other channeled spirits that were that have been out there? You know, there are people who are channeled like Abraham Hicks. There, there's Ra. There's a couple other well-known channeled spirits. What makes Chung Fu so unique, and why do you think Chung Fu is choosing this moment now to uh, reveal his essence and his energy to the world? Well, firstly, I'll say is that the main difference I feel is that he likes to use a lot of humor because he gets it. He gets that uh, well-known, should-be-well-known lesson that humor can actually teach a lot more than what it, than you know, boring uh, seminars or boring lectures. He's not like that. Um, he's he's like me, very blunt. I love it, extremely blunt. But the thing is, he does it with such love and, like I say, humor. And he's extremely humble. He doesn't look for recognition or prayers from others. And the thing is, he I was also picking up this attitude within him that he doesn't um, really, I don't know if this is a good choice of words, but he doesn't even really care what people think. Either you take them or you leave them. Whereas I feel like I've never really connected to any other ascended masters, mind you. But generally, I think that that's what sets him apart from everybody else, especially his humor. And now you're, you feel you've tapped into Chung Fu's energy, Mr. Fu, sorry, not Chung Fu, Mr. Fu's energy. And you notice that uh, it's beautiful, it's full of love. Would you say that how would you describe his energy in terms of a lot of other spirits that you've come in contact with in terms of the scale of vibrational? Is it a very, very high? Is it one of the highest you've ever come across? It is the highest that I've ever come across. I'm very humbled. Really? I've come to a place of, uh, like there's a, in, in my native tradition, there's the seven grandfather teachings. And one of the seven grandfather teachings there is that of humility. He's brought, he, he's brought me to my level of humility and because it, uh, a true honor, I can't, I, I can't even express what I'm truly feeling because that is the absolute strongest energy I've ever, ever had the pleasure of connecting with. Wow. And in knowing that he's an ascended master and down to earth and the way that he is and so full of humor, it's like gee, part of me saying, gee, this can't be an ascended master. This is almost, it almost feels like a, uh, a regular spirit that I ever communicate with. But the very moment I have that thought, I think about the actual energy that I'm feeling. It is so powerful, so strong, and so full of light. And I mean the brightest light I've I've ever felt. Wow, that's amazing. Ms. Lisa Casa, that was a incredible analysis. Thank you. That was really great. And uh, to learn more about Ms. Lisa Kaza, please go to her website at lisacaza, L-E-S-A-C-A-Z-A dot com. Thank you so much, Ms. Kaza. Oh, thanks for having me. This was such a huge honor for me. Yeah, same as well. That concludes tonight's very special edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special deep thanks and appreciation to Sophie and Sally Pullinger for allowing us to be the first recorded show in history to interview Mr. Chung Fu. Special deep thanks and appreciation goes to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Caza, Ms. Constance Ellis, and Ms. Laura Lynn. A deep, infinite thanks and appreciation goes to Mr. Chung Fu for being on today's program. It was a great, great honor, Mr. Fu. And Mr. Fu, 
we have millions upon millions of people who are outside our studio right now that heard your broadcast for the very first time. Let's talk to them. Hey, everyone. What'd you think about tonight's interview with Mr. Chuck Fu? If you love Chuck Fu's message of peace and love, give me a hell yeah! If you want Chuck Fu to come back on the program again, give me a hell yeah! If you want me to broadcast next week's show without wearing any pants and while beating myself over the head with a squash, give me a hell yeah! Okay, okay, I was on a heater. You can't blame me for trying. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to tonight's program. To learn more information about our show, visit OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet again, my friends, wishing upon you infinite peace, love, and beers. Have an unbelievable week. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Your friendly neighborhood Randall's is celebrating 50 great years. Stop in and find amazing deals down every aisle and great low prices on all the things that make summer just better. This week, use your Remarkable card and pick up Lucerne Dozen Large Eggs for only 69 cents each when you buy two or more. Limit four, please. And stop by Produce for a sweet deal on fresh green seedless grapes for just 97 cents a pound. Better deals, sweeter savings, bigger celebrations. Randall's, proudly serving Texas families since 1966.